This week we talk about Target's bouginess, the serfdom of Walmart, and why Kmart blocking a major road is a good thing. Uh, we look at the alt-right and just right-wingers' victimhood complex. Their horniness. As well as a story I have about a support group I run and people getting furious over a minute detail to try and curb sexual harassment. As usual, hot takes on rats, looking at some alien octopuses as well, adult movie bags at the supermarket, and why kids should read analog clocks. This week on Mission Accomplishers. Whether long-range weapon or suicide bomb, a wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether your solar wave sun or BBC One, this information is a weapon of mass destruction. You could a Caucasian or a poor Asian. Racism is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether inflation or globalization, fear is a weapon of mass destruction. My dad came into my room holding his hat. I knew he was leaving. He sat on my bed, told me some facts, son. I have AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome all to Mission Accomplishers. Hunter Haas, Eric Nelson here with you on Mission Accomplishers, the preeminent almost live radio program. We do this Saturdays at 7 p.m. on AM 950 here in the Twin Cities and podcasted around the globe. Yeah, if any news is old by the time it gets out to you, it doesn't matter. What happens at 6 p.m. on a Sunday? Never mind, Saturday. Saturday. Uh, No, we are the Bonafide Cutting Edge radio program slash podcast. But last night, I had kind of an interesting experience. It, It turned into a whole ordeal, but what happened was... Do tell. I uh, so I run a a support group, and there's about twenty, thirty people that attend each week. Is this supposed to be a secret group? It may be something that I'm not supposed to disclose who okay. the members are of this organization. The but, Weathermen. Um, yesterday. Uh, it's a, a group that's pretty, it's very democratic, like how it's run. Every group is unique, and there's just a, a list of principles that you have to follow to be a part of this organization. And uh, other than that, you can kind of run your meetings however you want. And someone called for a group conscience meeting. So after our actual meeting, um, people stuck around to discuss how the meeting's going to be run uh, in the future. It's something that's common, but this was just kind of brought up. So we held it because one person specifically wanted to have this meeting. But recently, I was uh, brought, it was brought to my attention that... um, We offer a phone list of the members of the group and that the phone list had been being used to harass women and have people just uh, contact them unsolicited. And it was several different examples of different girls. And and not related to the 
purpose of the group. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the phone list is just to be connected, uh, to use it uh, regarding what our group is for. These were individuals who were like, ooh, women. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I proposed a couple weeks ago that we change the phone list to be separated by gender. So there was a, a male version and a female version, and we passed those phone lists around and you grab accordingly to just try and put a make an effort to have things be more welcoming and be a safe environment for people to get healthy. And people did not like this. Certain people were very angry about this. And uh, the, the exact way the person who called this group conscience meeting described it is that it was discrimination. And um, so we had a meeting, and there was about three of these people that were extremely upset about the two different, two gendered phone lists. Um, and they, they were just loud, angry. Um, this meeting took an hour to talk about just two phone lists. And really, these phone lists are not that important of a thing. Sure. Well, they are if that's how you if find being, possible dates. Yeah, if they're being used poorly. Um, and an argument they kept using was that this is the only meeting that has two phone lists. And I'm like, well, that's not a reason to not do it. And I find that hard to believe. This sounds like a pretty basic yeah. rule. Um, uh, but as actually, I haven't seen two anywhere else either, but... Regardless, that's not a reason to not do it. Uh, and the, the whole point is to just take a step towards creating that safe environment. Sure. And you could say, all right, I don't know if people are being harassed in those other groups. Mm -hmm. They are in this group, so we don't care about what other groups are doing. Absolutely. And uh, since the phone lists have switched, uh, the amount of women that show up to the meeting has increased. And I've never heard anything negative about the two phone list from any female. Uh, it's all them straight white guys that get angry at doing anything to address something of like a marginalized group or just a women, um, sexual orientation, race. Anytime you do something like that, a certain type of person gets triggered by it. But... Uh, I have a personal theory that those people, were they any other group, would be the exact same people that they're complaining about more often than not. Probably be, the most severe cases. Um, wait, wait, explain that a bit. Just when you hear, oh, you want a safe space? Oh, you know. Yeah. Uh, neon mm -hmm. colored hair, feminist, Nazi. So um, th this was kind of sprung out of the blue. So people didn't know that this is what the meeting was. And then this guy who called it about said... He wanted to vote to change it to a one, one phone list again. And I go, um, well, can I make a suggestion that before we hold a vote to change that, could we get feedback from the other girls in the group and then decide next week, just table it for a single week? And this just set him completely off. And he because uh, I've never felt so much discrimination where I wasn't even allowed to vote in a meeting. And I'm like, that's not at all all what I said. I would have just, like, not stopped let him talking. <sighs> and, um, so it took about, it was about an hour-long meeting, and it took about 20 minutes before 
any girl said anything because these guys were so loud about how they felt and their theories of why this is bad. And someone pointed out, it's like, well, why don't we hear from some of the women of the group? So the three girls that stuck around all said that the phone list is a very good idea and they like it. Sure, the people who it is originally made for and who it's affecting the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, is there a shortage of other men that they can call? Is there a reason why they need to? Yeah, that, a great point um, one of the girls said was uh, if she was using a phone list uh, to call someone because she needed help, the only reason she would call a man that she didn't already have the number of was if she had bad intentions. Yeah, and that's a good point. You can call the women in your group. They just have to give you their numbers specifically. Exactly. The the point, it's like... Uh, You're not banned from being friends with these people. And I said what I would start doing uh, is announce that it's completely okay to have relationships, friendships, and support of people of the opposite sex, but... Uh, you just have to seek consent for their phone number. That's the only thing. And it's like, that. that's minor. That's fair. Uh, but they weren't having it. They were extremely angry. Eventually, we did put it to a vote and kept the two phoneless. But, yeah, it's just interesting that people get so offended at trying to address anything like this. They take it as a personal hit on them. And it, it shouldn't be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't personally get offended when I hear stuff about white people or about men. Yeah, I know. Because I know, yeah, those are the people who do it. I personally do not. <laughs> Absolutely. But I realize that, you know, the majority of violence is committed by men. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, just the the fact of trying to take a step and address it and have something public, it, it just shows that it's not a behavior that we encourage. Sure, people could find ways around it, but that's not the point. It's just making an attempt to just make things better for everyone. But, yeah, that was quite an experience. Some breaking news occurring currently. Saturday night, Target customers across the country are uh, experiencing a nationwide computer malfunction at Target stores. So the, the cash registers today, what's the date today? It's June 15th. June 15th. Saturday, June 15th. Dads and grads. Target is a complete disaster. It's just chaos. It's like a hurricane occurred and people are just looting. Well, I don't know if that's true, actually, but there's a... Loot, they loot, can't, loot, they, loot. The registers aren't working today. It's pretty bizarre, but uh, there's there's pictures, if you look it up, of just these huge lines of people held up, and um, they're, they're trying to get the word out that Target is going through some massive problems. So their cash register is down completely. They can't use it's cash? A, it's a various... Or is this a credit card situation? It says specifically, not only are our registers down, self-checkouts are working, but very slowly, but so are our My Devices, so we are unable to... Backstock products from the truck or check stockroom quantities for guests as well as cashier malfunctions. Sounds like fun. Yeah. So I can't wait to go to Target after we record this and harass some low-wage workers. <laughs> um, Why don't you fix this? So, uh, Are you a Target shopper or... 
you have a different preference. When I have a- when I have to go to a similar kind of everything store, uh-huh. yeah, I guess I go to Target just because there's one next to my house. I'm not opposed to going to Walmart though. Target is kind of it's the classiest option of these. It's known as compared to Walmart, Kmart. That's true, but I almost question: Does Target treat its employees that much better? Um, I know that Walmart gets a bad rap yeah. and it deserves it, but does Target that, deserve a good rap? Well, I know that it's um, obviously dressed up to appeal to you know the fancy middle class. Mm-hmm. But our friend, uh, your brother's wife, she worked at Target when we were growing up for, in the corporate offices for though. about eight years and barely rose at all, like the just career ladder. So. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of advancement at Target or that they look out for, like, your career interests. That's true. For being a loyal employee. So I mean, she was looking at, for a way out the entire time I knew her. But she stuck at it for a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. But um, I, I like Walmart just because they have good, they have a lot of tools for people in poverty. So they it's do. useful it's, for me. It's a cool store because they have a... Like, crazy stuff you would never expect to find mm-hmm. at a Walmart. And then they've got, like, the money services and, I don't know, just a bunch of weird things for... Well, that's the fantasy of the Waltons, is that everyone works in a Walmart. Yeah. Everyone I- gets paid at the Walmart. They cash their checks at the Walmart. They use the money at mm-hmm. Walmart. That currency is Walmart gift cards. Yeah, and it just kind of becomes a serfdom. Yeah. Uh, so, I-, I like Walmart, but I like Target, too. Um God, and that Kmart in Uptown, it's remarkable that that thing well, is still there blocking Nicollet Avenue. An extremely expensive piece of real estate. Yeah, so is that what holds it up? That I think that whatever group owns that Kmart uh-huh. is just holding on to it for as long as they can. Yeah, uh, I heard some rumblings that it was potentially going to change, but... Uh, nothing's happened yet. Those rumors always exist. Yeah. But I think you have a contrary opinion on this. Sure. That Eat Street only exists as it is because of that Walmart. As soon as you open mm-hmm. up Nicollet straight through, that all of a sudden becomes a Lake Street. It's, yeah. Or not a, yeah, I guess a Lake Street. It becomes a, you know, a Hennepin, a Lindale. Yeah, you're right. It does kind of create a thriving culture because of the amount of traffic coming by. It takes because you the, have to take a turn there. Yeah, it takes all the smaller Hmong restaurants, the Vietnamese restaurants, the yeah. Mexican restaurants that are family-owned and turns them into that one ice cream store that always has a line around the block for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fair point. Uh, on the same note, there's a supermarket that is using embarrassing plastic bags so customers will remember their, to bring their reusable ones. So these bags, they have, uh, like, one says Adult Video Emporium, and another says Colon Care to Go. So they're using these bags that are embarrassing for people to be holding around so people remember to bring their uh, just reusable uh, permanent bags. Yeah. I don't know. I think they would have the opposite effect on me. Well, for us, funny, absolutely. Yeah. We'd be just asking for more. But I love it. It's just funny. <laughs> it is. But also, just don't stock plastic bags. Like, you yeah. can stock paper bags. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know I used to work at Rainbow Foods, RIP. 
but they would always tell us actually because I was a bagger at the time. Actually, the plastic bags are easier to bag and they're better, and there's oh. all of this stuff because they cost like four cents as opposed to the I think twenty one cents the paper sure. bags cost. Um, yeah, paper bags are so much better for stacking lots of groceries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want one of those adult video emporium plastic bags now. Because when you go to actual adult video emporiums, they just give you a black bag. Yeah, very discreet packaging for leaving those. You will not find some members of the alt-right carrying these bags because hate groups, among some, they view porn as a conspiracy. Oh, yeah. So, um, there's... It's the Jays. The Proud Boys. The New York Times article mentions that uh, there's people on 4chan and the Proud Boys that uh, want to take down the porn industry because they believe that it's a Jewish conspiracy to corrupt the world. I mean, that's kind of classic anti-Semitism, though. That was what Hitler felt, that uh, the the Jewish people were responsible for... The degradation, yes, as society and the poisoning of the gene pool. Interracial porn is designed to mm-hmm. do whatever. I don't know. So there, there's a movement of no fap that's been going on for a long time, where young men are encouraged not to masturbate because of the benefits to boosting your testosterone and be ready to impregnate your future wife. Also, I think it just helps the movement if everyone is very angry. Yeah, I know. What a great way to just get pent up anxiety and resentment. But uh, these no fap alt-right Jewish conspiracies towards porno people are going to have problems later on in life with their colons by repressing a natural emptying of the pipes. It all comes out eventually, I thought. Yeah, in your sleep? Mm-hmm. But then you're just ruining bed sheets. Yeah. So, yep, the, the alt-right, surprisingly, certain members, they do not like porno. That is not surprising. <laughs> well, I just picture them as, like, lonely dudes without a girlfriend that have a bunch of pent-up rage. So yeah. that porn would be an escape for them. So what are they really getting enjoyment well, out of in life in general? So you're assuming that they are not still using it and just taking a public stance against it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, mean, that's one of the rules of the Proud Boys, right? You are allowed to masturbate once a month, I believe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is how they have it. <laughs> what a bizarre rule. But, um... Uh, I, I just said... Uh, I mean, that, all the Proud Boys rules are stupid. That whole, I think that's kind of... Part of the appeal is that they have a lot of tongue-in-cheek dumb rules. Yeah. Like, you have to get beat in while naming five cereals. It's very similar to the, like, Skull and Bones traditions of just these bizarre things. Yeah, I don't know if that's it's the same reasoning behind it. No, but it's, it is similar. Yeah, it might come from the same place. At this point, we've kind of placed so much weird interpretations of the skull and bones rituals that we think that it's evil magic as opposed to just dumbasses. <laughs> yeah. And um, the all right, um, the people gave that so much attention 
like shortly after the election and like attributed Trump winning uh, due to these young Internet men and um, their influence in swaying the election. But I really don't think they have as much of an impact as we made it out to be at that time. I think it was just such a juicy story to talk about um, because of their just like radical views and yeah but i think it's also the media looking at people who are otherwise pretty alienated from the political sphere mm -hmm. all of a sudden becoming engaged and a lot of the fascist movements we see in society are angry young men yeah that that is a great point um how this does mirror the past i don't think that it's a group that has reached critical mass or ever will reach critical mass but it is it mirrors something that can exist. Sure. Uh, it, it seems like the alt-right currently cannot uh, agree on anything. There's not much, uh, like, consistency yeah, of that's the, opinion and belief. The problem with being extremely large tent, mm -hmm. where if you just take any sort of degenerate ideology and then couple months down the road you start to see the schisms in those ideas between each other yeah so and i mean they don't have as much to blame because republicans control oh, yeah. everything right now uh so you see just that fracturing and then like you have some that are uh, yang gang supporting andrew yang um you still have some with the like classic anti-semitism and racist views and then some that are just uh, like Trump-loving Republican kids. I was reading an interesting article about this white pride rally, or it was a it was a convention or something along those lines. Uh huh. And they had all these thought leaders of the groups, and there was a huge argument inside the group about whether or not Jewish people qualified as capable of participating in this white pride, white nationalism ideology. Yeah, um, I can see that because. It, that that isn't like held by everyone the the hatred of Jews necessarily. No, and that. there's a lot of you know pretty racist Jews too. Yeah, who want to exist in a society without certain minorities. So the and the term alt right is interesting. It's kind of like uh, socialism. How there's these different like uh, observations of what people or interpretations of how people use the word. Um, because alt-right, if you were, like, going to use a dictionary definition, would be more of an anti-Semitic white nationalist movement. I think you'd have to go back to uh, Richard Spencer, who coined the term. Yeah. Um, so then people, when they get lumped into the, the category alt-right, feel like uh, that's an unfair characteristic. But it's come to mean different things, just kind of that uh, outsider, far-right ideology. It doesn't necessarily have to be stemmed around, like, liking actual Nazis. But, like, figures like Jordan Peterson or Ben Shapiro, I do still see them as kind of, like, alt-right figureheads, even though they're not of that anti-Semitic mold. Mm -hmm. Because they do affiliate with people who mm -hmm. might affiliate with white nationalists. And actually when the when people started using the term alt right and we started hearing about it in the media and that it wasn't 
necessarily attributed to Richard Spencer initially. He kind of came forward saying that he had been using it and kind of took credit for this whole uh, online right-wing movement going on right now. Yeah. I mean, before alt-right really existed, there was things like neo-reactionaryism, uh, NRX is what it was short by, or dark enlightenment. What are these? These are things that kind of predated the alt-right by maybe four or five years. Hmm. But a lot of them were coming out of Silicon Valley, uh, just a lot of black pill ideologies. Were they like, associated, like, were they more libertarian types? They were, yeah, libertarian types with the idea that there was some sort of information that was unacceptable. Mm. They thought things that were being hidden from public discourse. Um, and wh- when was that, like, the prime time of that? Um, I want to say, like, 2010. Mm, okay. There's a person, I forget her name. Was it, it was like Moldbug or something. She was a trans woman, but it was, she was arguing that, you know, Silicon Valley was trying to create this uh, multicultural wasteland so that the elites could rule the world. Was it kind of um, a, not a direct response, but like another movement that popped up as Occupy was happening? No, I think it predates the Occupy movement by a couple of years. I think it was about 2007, 2008, when Memphis, it's not Memphis, but it's like Melchius. I don't know. I've only seen it written. Melchius uh, Moldbug, I think was the name. <laughs> Fun name. Yeah. But they were just arguing that nerds are the supreme leaders and they should be deified. <laughs> and, you know, people with 160 IQs cannot even relate <laughs> to you peasants with up to 115 IQs. So the elite in Silicon Valley should be mm. looked at as the new gods of society. Wow. Was this then, uh, it kind of reminds me of like uh, the uh, pickup artist culture. I, I I don't know enough about the pickup artist culture to God, say. These, all these little offshoots are so bizarre. I know that pickup artist culture is kind of broad ranging. Yeah. There's the kind of devious, like, it's, mean and, like, manipulative side. Mm-hmm. And then there's the just generalized rules, that which might be kind of misogynistic. But no one would debate you if you said, oh, there's a formula to get guys to like you. Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there is various levels of how toxic this is. And some of it is harmless and good advice. But if improvement. Ten- yeah. Um, but if you're intentionally... Telling people hole. to go out and manipulate these people uh-huh. and hurt their self-esteem. Be as degrading as possible mm-hmm. with the goal of tricking them to have sex with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, God, there's a lot of these offshoots, these modern and right I think wing factions. They just all sort of came together for the alt-right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And now, a couple months later, they have Trump in office. Mm-hmm. They... A lot of them don't like what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. They have disagreements with each other, with the ones who do like what they're seeing, and maybe they disagree with why they disagree with Trump. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, these cracks are becoming way more clear. Yeah, and a lot of it's, I mean, that whole group stems in just 
like resentment and anger towards people. So it's not the best group to build a network um, because you just have that inherent distaste for humanity to begin with. Yeah, they can only oppose things mm-hmm. when, as soon as they get power and they're asked to create something, they're they shut down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how they function, and uh, that that's what just uh, the conservative echo chamber in media is used for uh it's just not prepared to handle actually having power it's about achieving it but they don't know what to do once they have it which is very funny because you'll hear people still talk about hillary clinton yeah i know she has no power she's had no power for so many years yeah for real we're looking at what like Six years at least that she's even had a position. Been out of Secretary of State. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so it's they and, need and those they kinds also, of scapegoats. It's funny when you talk to them and they think that Hillary Clinton is the most revered leftist in the mm-hmm. world. Like, oh, I don't like Hillary Clinton. It's like, okay, I don't care. They're, Neither do I really, but probably for different reasons. Their rallying cry is, I mean, it kind of relates to how we started this show in this whole phoneless situation, but it's just that PC culture and just um, trying to make improvements towards uh, groups of people and minorities is just ruining the country and just classic family values. That's the yeah. thing that they can all agree on. And then they just so escalate weird. and amplify these things as problems in society where it's like how often do any of these like trans people getting upset about misgendering them occur in your life where that is the main problem that we need to worry about yeah i have a feeling that it never happens to them in real life Mm -hmm. the only time it occurs to them is when they go out of their way to harass them online yeah yeah or bait them into doing something like i didn't do anything bad Mm -hmm. i just did a i'm not hitting you i'm not hitting you and punching their fists and like just, inches from their face. But it seems so prevalent to them because they're just constantly they consuming media of it. So it just appears in their world that it's occurring all the time. But th- yeah, when is the last time any of them had ever experienced anything that they're so focused on in the culture war? Have I told the story about the cook I used to work with, Jose, at a restaurant? No. I don't okay. think so. So... Jose was this guy who worked at my restaurant. He was a chef. And I don't know, we were friends at work and stuff, and he asked me to hang out one night, play cards with his uh, brother and some of his friends. So we go over to his house. First of all, his well, it's an apartment. His apartment's empty except for, like, some lawn chairs and, <laughs> like, a patio table. Yeah. Like, And then I guess there's a TV on the floor in the corner. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you want to watch some TV? And I'm like, all right. So we're flipping through channels. He flips by Fox News, stops, and then we just silently watch, I think it was Bill O'Reilly, uh-huh. for like four minutes, and I don't say anything. I'm trying to figure out, like, I've never heard you say anything politically. <laughs> Do you like this? And then he just goes out and says, the only thing that could have made me more comfortable, because I was like, what is going on right now? Why do you want to watch this with me? Yeah. And he just turns to me and says, you know what? 
Sometimes I think I just watch this stuff to get pissed off. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And that's how that whole world functions, is that they just consume things to make them mad. Yeah. There's a certain cathartic element to seeing things that upset you because you're like, oh, makes and me feel alive to be angry. That's what's going on in YouTube right now. This whole There's a whole situation with Steven Crowder... And uh, Carlos Maza from Vox. So Steven Crowder's a right-wing commentator, so-called comedian. And um, Carlos Maza, uh, what did I just say? Car- Maza? Carlos Maza um, makes these videos on Vox. If you've ever watched one, you probably know who he is. But uh, Steven Crowder said all these homophobic things that were really just uh, mean and um, the problem is that uh, Steven Crowder's fans started harassing Carlos Maza um, like he was doxxed, so his address was released, his phone number was released, and there was just a barrage of uh, these Crowder fans harassing him and bothering him. So uh, he made a plea to YouTube to like shut down Steven Crowder because he's being harassed and... Uh, they did take an action on it. They demonetized Crowder, and then people got so outraged about it that they walked it back and said he could be, um, that there would be no further punishment if he took off the link to a shirt that he sold that said and socialism. It wasn't related to the mocking of this guy? The, which part? Well, they're asking him to take a shirt off this website? Um, well, the shirt said, socialism is for figs, apparently, but it, it just looks like you're saying the slur for gay people um, with a picture of uh, Che Guevara with his pinky uh, in a, what do you call that? A feminine, flamboyant? Flamboyant manner. Uh, so it's clear what it's implying. Uh, so, yes, they changed it to you have to take that shirt down from your video descriptions, and oh, so he doesn't have to take it off his store. He just has to. Yeah, take he just the has link to away. take it off on YouTube. But then people have rallied around Crowder uh, in the name of free speech, and uh, the whole thing's just become a mess. Uh, Stephen Crowder somehow came out as the victim in all this. When uh, we'll play some of the things he said, but it's just, it's the whole thing's a mess. So YouTube, is- with how they run the company, they cannot figure out what is acceptable on their platform. That's why we need to nationalize YouTube. We absolutely do. I mean, that's what the problem is. Because it is kind of the only medium. Of its type. Uh-huh. There's other video hosting sites, but none really compare to YouTube. And uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a larger media platform than the local or the nightly news nowadays. Yeah, like, and it's kind of like Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. YouTube. These are the things that it, we absorb most of our communication through, and it's completely monopolized by these large corporations. It the way that it's set up, it is. Uh, there to encourage people like Steven Crowder who have just like 
outrageous content, controversial content, because that's what's going to get views, and then that's what they can sell the advertisers. Yeah, so the more provocative your your content, the the better for YouTube. I'm sure he's doing great right now. Yeah, he is. He's. Um, it's kind of ridiculous how many people have come to his defense over this. Because it's all that happened was he got demonetized for a short amount of time, and it's just caused a whole like backing of him, um, saying that it's okay to do what he said, uh, which but don't have those shirts. Yeah, uh, it's the whole thing is a mess, and I'm with you. You gotta nationalize or even these huge tech companies. I don't even need nationalization. Just some I would, sort like, of make it a public commodity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some or a public resource. Uh, a way to tackle this because how it is utility set up, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, that um, it's it's just it's set up to be a continuing problem, and there isn't any attempts to. Figure out how they're going to proceed on with all this uh, hate speech and um, free speech. That's dynamic and debacle. It's an issue that they're happy to ignore until mm-hmm. it becomes a problem for their bottom line. Yeah. And then they'll handle that on a case-by-case basis in a very just a clumsy. Inc- inconsistent, clumsy way that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they, they, um, they managed to make everyone upset with how they handled this. <laughs> Not one person was happy with the actions they took. Eric, we have to take a trip to San Francisco. A rat-infested pop-up bar is opened this weekend. Real rats? Real rats. How is this? Guests can hold, play, cuddle with domesticated rats uh, from a rodent rescue in the bar. So, let's see. Tickets to the San Francisco Dungeon are $50, include a signature, welcome rat tail, I mean cocktail, the author says. Funny. A full San Francisco dungeon tour, 30 minutes of playtime with the rats, and exclusive Oh, this is an actual dungeon. bar access. So, baby, we're going to the rat bar. How does that pass the health code? Uh, maybe because it's a pop-up? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the descriptions on pop-ups are pretty flimsy. But San Francisco must have loose health codes. But, yeah, I'm stoked. Rat bar coming up, baby. No, thanks. They have those for cats, too, right? That always sounds cat gross, bar? too. No, cat cafes. A cat cafe? Where it's like, cats shed so much, you're going to have so much hair in your coffee. Hmm. I never heard of those. There's some even in Minneapolis. They got really big in Japan, I think, initially. Well, I'm a fan of uh, animals being at bars. So am I. I give you a hard time for loving rats, but at the same time, I love seeing rodents out in the wild. Yeah, man, that would be a fun night. It's like when you hear people complaining all the time about fake service animals. Yeah. Oh, who cares? Absolutely. My mom has to go through this because we have a minor league baseball stadium right down the street, and she brings chihuahua and they there's a certain guy who works there only one person who makes a big issue and she just claims that it's an emotional support dog and she doesn't have the papers on her but i agree just i get it if you're very allergic 
or yeah. there's some sort of health reason. Especially outside, though. It's the animals oh, are outside? fine. outside? Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? But And I've met your dog. It's... The, it's you say it's yes. a chihuahua and people have a mental image of something. It's the most quiet dog on the earth. It is. It's very sweet and friendly. Too. You brought it's, it into that one bar just in your jacket, <laughs> yeah, and it was right. just poking its out, looking around, completely quiet for like three hours. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is a very unintrusive uh, chihuahua. Um, but back to rats. Octopuses could be the next lab rats, according to a scientific study. What? uh, Scientists are investigating the possibility of octopuses as the new version of lab rats. Because lab rats are at least mammals. Octopus seems so alien to us. Yeah, I mean, octopuses are definitely the closest thing to an extraterrestrial. But they have complex organs and... uh, yeah, not ours. <laughs> um, but apparently there's something of use that scientists have found. So, uh, interesting, but yeah, confusing because, man, uh, I've heard that octopus DNA is extraterrestrial currently. They can't classify it as anything of this Earth. Because so it's had so to, bizarre. Yeah. It's branched they, off. Mm-hmm, so. I know that they have separate nervous systems for each individual tentacle. Wow. Like, obviously, the central nervous system goes to them, but then there's a separate... Some scientist should tell me I'm right. Yeah. Um, Then, uh, on another article about octopuses, and then uh, another scientific article from The Atlantic, what ecstasy does to octopuses. The question that scientists have always been asking themselves. <laughs> so uh, the the tagline is, despite their wacky brains, these intelligent animals seem to respond to the drug in a very similar way to humans. I'm curious, the mechanism for ecstasy, it just releases dopamine? I don't know what it actually does. Uh, it seems like that would be a similar effect to like all animals, just because that's a pleasure center. It Yeah, it releases... Serotonin, okay. and I know it has some sort of like empathy effect to it in humans. Yeah, and and that's the thing they 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 contend that the octopuses become more social, and the the brain activity. I mean, it's hit the same way. They do say that it is different than how mice react to it. Like interesting. Uh, so for this, they have a. Uh, a more similar response. Well, that's what's really interesting to me about mice and rats is that just how social they are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because there are environments... I remember there was one episode of Hoarders where a man had an entire warehouse that he, like, didn't want to kill these rats because they belonged to his wife who was dead. Uh-huh. They got loose, and he would feed them every day. Yeah. And years down the road, there's probably a million rats in this warehouse. The entire floor is moving. It grows... <laughs> Bags and bags of dog food out to him every day to feed him. Well, eventually, you know, the hoarder team goes in and starts collecting them all, bringing them to shelters or whatever bad place they have to actually go. Yeah. But there were almost no dead rats, and they had didn't even turn on each other and start fighting each other, even when they're, like, packed in. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, my uh, rats, they are a, they bond to other rats and to humans but what's interesting is rats are one of the only species where the male males paired together are friendlier than females are they don't have a like um 
what do you call it? Dominance? Yeah, so like humans? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch it at first, but that makes sense. But yeah, um male rats are the friendly versions where I, when you get pets, typically you get female versions like of guinea pigs or um birds. Yeah, any sort of like animal pack we instinctually think of one alpha male maybe and then a bunch of breeding females or there's you know a couple other men but they're not the alpha they don't breed yeah so um rats fabulous creatures of this earth it's crazy did you ever see the study the beautiful ones the beautiful ones I don't recall it was essentially someone created a mice utopia you know one of those big terrarium things with all the tubes and tunnels and he looked at the social hierarchy of basically a utopia for rats with limited space and is that the one where it was um they it was an addiction study i don't remember if it was an addiction i know that the Rats that were considered top of the hierarchy, they would spend all day, they eventually died because they would just spend all day grooming themselves. Well, I remember that there was a a similar study of creating a rat paradise, and they found that um, in that environment, the rats were able to stop using cocaine until they killed themselves. yeah, sure. Uh, the ones in like less ideal situations continue to do the drug till they died. When they're given stimulation in other forms, yeah, they'll go try to do that as opposed to just hitting the drug lever over mm-hmm. and over if they're in an empty cage. Yeah, so then uh, people argue that that is how you could deal with it in real life is just meet people's con- like uh, material conditions to have a healthy. Uh, stable environment. Uh, Give them like motivation to not to do drugs. Yes. Which is kind of like the case study of, I guess it's not a case study, but just the example of people leaving Vietnam when they were in Vietnam, they were using opiates yeah. at an incredible rate. Mm-hmm. And when they came back, a lot of them were still using opiates, obviously, but not mm-hmm. nearly at the rate they were in Vietnam. And a big reason for that, though, was it, it was a different time where... In America, like finding heroin, uh, very hard. Yeah, it was reserved to the seediest parts of the country, like um, the I could worst see that being an element. urban, like most dangerous areas. Uh, so people just weren't able to acquire it because it just didn't exist around here. So a lot of them got off of it. Whereas if you had that same war taking place now with people returning, it would be a complete different nightmare. I don't know, though. I think there is some truth. Obviously, probably more people would stay addicted. But there is some truth to when people have hope for the future or you give them opportunities. They don't turn to drugs when they would if they were utterly hopeless. Yeah, sure. Uh, But I I do uh, contend that it would be a lot worse if you put them in today's environment. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um. On, with drugs, a Florida man claims the cocaine on his nose was not his, the deputies say. Well, did he use someone else's? He um, was arrested and told the deputies that the cocaine he found on his nose wasn't according to him. Uh, during a traffic stop, he's a 20-year-old, and um, he had white powder all around his nostrils. He had a small bag of powdered cocaine uh, concealed on him. 
and they found a bunch of other drugs, but when they asked him about it, he said, no, not mine. For the, the cocaine on his face. That's always the best option. Say nothing or say nope? Yeah, might as well. I mean... It's not a winning formula to admit to it. Yeah, so good move, good move. Also, you know what I heard about the Florida? There's the Florida man joke, right? Yeah. The meme. Mm-hmm. He's always crazy. He's wild. The reason why most of those stories come out of Florida is because Florida's allowed to publish mm. the names and the faces of these people just for being accused of things. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't know that because, yeah, it has that reputation. Uh, but, yeah, really, there's just morons everywhere. Yeah, it's not like you haven't met or met a lot of people who yeah. do some insane things. Huh. Um, that's that's funny. I, I've never heard that before. But, yeah, that Florida man stereotype is huge and used all the time. Um, but, yeah, you you got dumb people anywhere. Uh, in fact, there's a study that a surprising number of Americans think chocolate milk comes from brown cows. They, they did a poll of about 600 people. 48% of them thought chocolate milk came from a brown cow or a different colored cow. You say 48 people or 48%? 48%. Uh, I can't believe it. What is this poll coming from? Uh, it's, what's, uh, it's an unscientific study, but... Because um, I am the type who will just screw around with polls that I don't have any sort of respect for. It was conducted by the Innovation Center of U.S. Dairy in April. Um, it's actually 1,000 people, and uh, that <laughs> 48% said that chocolate milk came from uh, brown cows. <laughs> Next, you're going to be telling me the moon's not made of cheese. Uh, uh, the moon's hollow, though. Of course. Um, what do you think the dark side of the moon means? Yeah. It's the interior side. There was a podcast I recorded, not a podcast, but a radio show I recorded earlier today on Connections Radio. Uh-huh. I had no idea how prevalent the child abuse was at the Children's Theater Company. Okay, in yeah. In Minneapolis. I saw the headlines, but I didn't read much into it. They're claiming over 20 pedophiles were actively engaged in abusing children. Wow. Like the God. entire staff were either pedophiles or knew they were pedophiles and allowed it to happen. It's, it's so terrible. Like, why people like that get involved with and children, like, because they seek it out. And, and they must have some sort of network, in this case, where they are communicating with each other, like, hey, this is a safe place to come. I didn't know that it was that yeah, severe when I saw the headlines about the insane. children's theater. And then the people still support them. And the children's theater is suing the woman who pressed charges and won for the court fees. God. Uh, that's very unfortunate. So boycott the children's theater. If you have kids enrolled there, take them out immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I, I used to go to it when I was a kid, and I enjoyed it. But no, that, that is just absolutely unacceptable. Um. If you yourself have kids, though, what you can do for them is get them an analog clock. Uh, because psychologists recommend <laughs> that, <Segway>. <laughs> that kids uh, use analog clocks. Because a lot of them, they found 
do not know how to read them, but an analog clock is a good way for kids to see the movement of time. Yeah, I remember I was in maybe 11th grade, mm -hmm. and someone in the class said, when is the class over? Oh, because of the clock? And the teacher was, well, just look at the clock, it's right there. Yeah. I can't read those. Oh, wow. Which is insane. And it's got to be so much worse now with cell phones and just electronics. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, I understand the position that why are we learning things that are outdated? Like, mm -hmm. I don't think we should spend an entire year of third grade teaching kids how to write cursive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100% with you on that. But also, I don't know, analog clocks, you're going to encounter them. You're always going to encounter them because mm -hmm. they're not knocking Big Ben over anytime soon. Yeah. But what, what this found was that it was, it's healthy for kids to be aware of this because a clock moves in a way that you visualize as it moves and you uh, develop how long certain things take. Interesting. Um, whereas just numbers, you don't have that association because they just, there's no visual component of how much time has elapsed. Yeah, because if you've ever looked at a digital clock for mm -hmm. like an entire minute, yeah, it seems like it takes forever yes. for that number to change. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm with it. I, that I found that interesting that they discovered that, but uh, I do recognize how looking at a clock does make uh, an impact on just um, how long things take. All right, folks, that's all for this week. As always, remember, prosecute, prosecute the Bush administration, Bush administration for, for war, war crimes. crimes. We're coming for you, bastards. Whether long-range weapon or suicide bomb, a wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether you're Solar Wave Sun or BBC One, this information is a weapon of mass destruction. You could have Caucasian or Rapporation. Racism is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether inflation or globalization, fear is a weapon of mass destruction. My dad came into my room holding his hat. are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. 